Boyle Shrugs investment philosophy down for us? Besides salt being value add. The, 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 the shrug thesis is things I'm excited enough to talk about for an hour to contact audience. So things that you just not naturally want to tell people about and, and um, basically if I'm, if I'm personally not excited to like to talk your head off for like 30 minutes about this, then that's wow. probably not something that we need, that we have to invest in necessarily. Um, I love that. And it does not, I don't know if it's a user of it, but it's more, it ends up being a lot of you know, consumer stuff, a lot of um, SaaS, a lot of um, some enterprise, um, but things are just, that are cool that I, I just want, like, I would want like, hey, have you, have you seen that company? Have you seen this company? And, or especially <laughs> if I pick up that there's a use case that you could have for it, I'm like, you, well, you must use this company because here's why. Yeah. And then talk your head off about it. So. So it's almost like you're just a fan of all this new tech coming out, and then by doing that, you kind of gravitate towards these new cool products and services. Yeah. I don't know. I have so many questions about Shrug, honestly, because... Uh, so you're on fund number three. And I think that's crazy. So you deploy these funds, like, pretty quickly, huh? Every two years. So Shrug one was, was one year because it was really small. It was 2.8 million. Yeah. And then, yeah, two, a little more. Two years was pretty standard. And you deploy like all of the money you raise over two years, and how many? Most of the money. Usually, funds have like 50-50 like from reserves standpoint. So when you say it's like a two-year fund, you really invest it for two years, but then you actually have half the fund left to deploy, and you're doing that kind of later for, for like follow-on deals yeah. of deals that are to winning. Pro- yeah, for, to protect ownership in, in the ones that, are, that are, to maintain your ownership, which can get really expensive when when uh, things really take off. So, for example, with pipe. If I wanted to protect my ownership uh, from the early stage, that would have been like a lot more expensive at the, at the most recent round. Yeah. And a lot of funds are not really suited. So I don't, I'm not doing the 50-50, I'm doing, um, it's not even a percentage. We, I just kind of left from Shrug 2 about a million and a half, kind of left over, and then started deploying Shrug 3. And then when things kind of raise follow-ons, I'm kind of doing top-offs from, from Shrug 2, like the, for, for the reserves. But then if I want to do kind of deploy a substantial amount, then the SPV is a lot of ways to be. Kind of flexible on top of the funds allocation after you can I basically trade like I'm investing from the fund up to a certain check size more or less and then um, what happens flexibility to do SPVs on top of it or, yeah or you know, at the same time too sometimes. and I love the SPV model and that really inspired like hyper rock too is seeing you do the SPVs and like okay I'm gonna get this allocation for my fund but wait it's strategic to get other people involved and have them co-invest in the deal as well if the founder or the startup is willing to do yeah, that, so that's and I feel I like that's that. blown up since that's you started you doing it, right? That's why I send you deals because I want it's my it's to my benefit. It's not my it's to my benefit to get you into a deal. Yeah, say, it's like a win win. Yeah, because like I say, look, you, you look at all the videos he's done. He's very knowledgeable. Like you should you should want him in. So it's a way of kind of packing a lot of strategic people um, together for a smaller or large allocation. And there's different different people that do kind of different check sizes. So. I've done, nobody really does 100k SPVs, but we've done anywhere as small as like 100k and you pack like, like celebrities or, or angels or founders or just engineers or any, anyone that's... That YouTubers who can yeah, only put in a couple grand, you yeah. know? That's, and it's like, and I feel like you're hitting the trigger on yeah. su- su- such a big concept, which is left on the table. And a reason I'm bullish on LA actually, which is media, like, okay, what does the influencer economy really mean? It's like you have a direct establishment to go to your audience if you're like an internet person or you know doing whatever and now that's transcending it's like wait how do I monetize that with views with my shows or with my investment opportunities and so I feel like everybody's becoming a VC and even though that's like the trendy new thing there's a lot of like realness behind it of like 
these celebrities are really value add capital because they can bring authentic exposure to their of the product or service to their audience and that is the future of like investing is like if you can't if you're just capital you're like in the yesteryear you know yeah, that's and, almost like the i think like the distribution of celebrities like it's that's almost like the cherry on top of actually like they actually post about it or anything it's more that they've gone to some place where they know kind of how marketing works, how to, especially like, you know, YouTubers and kind of influencers, like, they really know kind of their audience and how, what people would like, what they won't like. So you should never have to like tell someone, hey, post about this, because they know, like, yeah, that's more of like a favor or maybe like they're being, it's, it's more like you should just show them something cool that they naturally want to post about, tweet about, do a video about, or. And, yeah. And it like aligns incentives in a beautiful way of like, I don't want to just make one video about you and you to pay me cash. Like I want to do like a collab where I get stock in your company and I'm like a partner and like, you want help on your marketing, you want help on this, I know that person. Like yeah. there's, it can really go a long way. And this like, is where the, fund, the funds are coming. So when you say they equity in, uh, equity in their company, people should, there's definitely a case for advisor shares, but um, in some cases, but, I feel like people should always invest. Like basically, like people should be able, not everybody can invest, of course. But like if you got a certain point where you can be helpful to the company, in many uh, oftentimes you can put a check in, and then that's where um, you're seeing um, more celebrities raise funds because like, they they realize that, and, and, and then you know they, it makes sense to pull a certain pool of capital together and then actually invest in the companies. Because if you have to go to a company and um, <laughs> the self driving is crazy. Yep. Beta. <laughs> Um, if you have to go to a company and, and, and if you're trying to negotiate a special deal to for for advisor stock or, or anything, that's like a self-selection thing. So many many companies will do that, but that's, that, it's almost like by definition potentially not the companies you necessarily want to be in. It's, um, it's a generalization. Of course, it depends how much, and I think strategically it makes a lot of sense. Like I, I even gave some advisor carry in my fund for people I want to work with. Um, and it was super beneficial, so totally not against doing it, but it, oftentimes for the very best companies, it's it's a lot less friction. Uh, so you can compete in competitive rounds like um, that you're trying, just trying to get into. You can't just be like, hey, can I get some free stock? So it, it makes a lot more, it's much easier to be able to just invest on the same terms, um, even if you're a celebrity or you can offer. Yeah, like things. your celebrity isn't the free shit, it's just like literally accessing the deal. That's yeah, yeah, what you need exactly. to know someone to get into that. Just exactly. the, for the right to give them money, which is pretty ridiculous, yeah. but that's yeah. really what happens. Yeah. Um, so then, you end, so then, so people raising funds—it's much different than, um, especially like companies like AngelList and Cardo have made, have made it much easier to to raise SPVs and raise funds and and you know, the rolling funds and totally. Um, so it's, but then again, it, it's like smaller funds. So if if like so the celebrity, let's say, wants to like raise a fifty million dollar fund. Um, some can do it, like the like you know the Chainsmokers, for example. Like they the Mantis, they have a really good fund. It's not fifty, but it, it's like high, it's up there. Like their fund is re really good, and they know how to get five hundred k million dollars of checks into deals. Versus the um, you know there's a lot of the, well, I won't say specifics, but like there's a lot of you new know, new kind of people raising funds that you know are keeping a 10, 20 kind of in that that's great size, because then they can get hundred k, two hundred k into deals, and, that, and if that takes off, that's material. They can and they can do like from those size funds they could do four or five hundred k, but it's just more of exposure. But those are all check sizes for that for, would fit those deals, as opposed to trying to get it super early and doing a million dollars in them or which is 
you can again many, many people take a million dollars very early but it's like why like are you are you the right partner for, for that company or why or if it's the company's really good like why are they letting you do it versus any other investor so interesting it's kind of like slots it's like, it's like you have lead investors you have kind of people that can be it's more the whole thing is getting frag, uh, fragmented in a way where it, some people can help with marketing, some with, some with distribution, some with uh, connections, some with like fallen funding, some with all of the above, some with um, you know re hiring, engineering, and just advisors, names that you want in. So it's um, often like some you know some firms can offer all of, all of these things like you know you're talking about the top kind of CSA firms and, and everything, and some but it's increasingly kind of getting more you know like you're just piecing together around like many the people you want to work with as opposed to. Yeah, and then the friction to add these incremental new smaller investors is dropping. So at, at first I was kind of like, wait, it's a big like crutch that I only have like 5,000 to give this startup, but they're kind of letting me in because it's like, yo, I'll make a video. I'm really pumped about it. Like, I feel like I can really help. Or they'll even just give me advisory shares, which I feel like is such a cool sort of situation. At first I was like, oh, that's a bad thing. But it's like, these companies don't have that much equity. Like if you're investing in a billion dollar company and there's a hundred million round, like that's a hundred million of the shares and like, that's it. And those are like gold if people really want them. And so in some ways I feel like people, the traditional VC fund where it's a lot of like old money, like you don't even know who the capital is from one of these big VC funds. like. It's like, wait, that's like a waste of $10 million of this round when that 10 million could be for a thousand people putting in a hundred grand that are all like micro influencers. Well, in yeah, our I, don't think, I don't think you're gonna raise that much. It's more when you're piecing it from under chest, I think it does end up being like, you know, one is part of a larger round very often. Oh, that's just but, like 3% of the round, which is still the big VCs, then the little VCs, and now they're just carving out yeah. that No, but you can portion. also just raise rounds from smaller checks, so. Just a, a lot of different things are changing at the same time, but it's definitely broken yeah. from the you need to raise three million dollars at twelve, and and this and two point eight of the three is going to come from this firm, and then uh, a couple of twenty five k angel checks, and that's still happening. But that, I think that's increasingly less common. Just yeah, the that formula is getting a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's all these kind of new things popping up, like for SpaceX, like like when I do deals, I it's like okay i'm investing in a startup but it's like oh wait first of all like how why am i getting this deal is it like is it an spv where and that person set it up is it a secondary deal um where i'm like buying into another spv that's already been created is it a direct deal where i'm buying directly into the startup it's really hard to get primary shares like essentially like when the company wants to sell if it's an in-demand company like they're gonna pick and so like spacex you have to pay like a 30 to 40 percent the premiums i've seen are like almost a hundred percent when it's all said and done from the actual whatever the vc round just was because it's so in demand do you have any thoughts on spacex like what it what would what, what happen if they floated it i feel like it would be like 500 billion instantly if they like ipo'd it one i have no idea what the price would be um but but it's the and probably from the last round that, that seems like a big gem but it could i mean it's public market it's a it's a it's a company that anybody recognizes at this point it's almost like nasa yeah so it, it would have it has a lot of attention which is the kind of, like that's partially why tesla's up I mean, you see the car, there's many reasons why this is up, but it's just a very visible company that a lot of people would, like Trevor Middleton tried to do this with Nikola. <laughs> he was like, we want to build, what do you say? We want to like build a, an ATV or like, or, or a truck, not a truck, just because, because people get, they don't get semis, they, they get trucks. So I'll make a truck just to make it, to make it something accessible that people can resonate with. And then the real business will, will be the, the semis, which. The Badger. Yeah. <laughs> and an ATV. That's what a throwback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude. So,
You were talking earlier about the where the money comes from for the funds, like the invest the LPs of the funds. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I do. Well, you're seeing all these small funds that are kind of raised, being raised right now. Um, small funds, even like larger funds. Like small. Let's say you're sub. Like when I say small, I mean like twenty, sub twenties, like sub thirty. Um, not we're we're second in every other <laughs> category of the, of the of the VC world. Like micro fund would be like sub hundred, which mm -hmm. to me hundred is like really big. So yeah, we're, right. Basically, hundred million, uh, like that's a big. Yeah, so it's like any, above like thirty million. Like you kind of need, and of course you can go to forty, fifty. But like uh, that range, like when you start, you're probably going to like some institutional investors, like maybe like at the very least family offices and and, uh, and maybe like smaller endowments, and, and especially when you're raising like a hundred million, you're going to you know, like, trying to raise money from pension funds, it's just like the, like the the MITs of the world, or they, I mean they deploy much larger checks when you're raising more like when you're using two hundred million to a billion, but basically like. People that are allocating, you know, some portion, usually a very small amount of their of their pool of capital to venture capital, and they and, and everything else goes to like hedge funds and public stocks and, and bonds and whatever they invest in. Mm -hmm. So, the NVC is a very small allocation of that, and then those people within the, that VC pool of capital, they kind of want a consumer fund, that they want a SaaS fund, and they want a clean tech fund, and they, so they kind of bucket you into like what you're in, um, or what, or maybe you're a journalist fund. What type of VC you are, and then yeah, that's they want, how they allocate? Because they want exposure to different parts of, of venture. Um, oh. But I actually know much less about institutional markets, I, didn't, I don't work on them, but, it, but my point on that, that the you start having basically larger and larger funds and, and even more frequent funds because the those those institutional investors they sign up for multiple funds. So that when they don't just back one fund, they they're kind of in, in for like two and three. Which is well. kind of like I feel like you have a different way, which is people that really like believe in you. You know, like they want. It's not like oh, I wanted exposure to consumer social trendy. That like it's like no, like I think Neve is doing really cool stuff. I want to bet on him and the deals that he's finding, which well, I, I think, think a is lot a lot. Cooler. I think a lot of it started as like definitely a struggle, and it was like I'm backing Neve because he will get the like the uh, the, the, cra the crazy weird stuff, <laughs> which like I think they meant consumer, but yeah, crazy weird stuff um, was like really the <laughs> the category at the beginning. Um, I do less of that now. I definitely still well, do. Well, didn't you have that saying? Stuff. It's like if it's a game, like everything's funny. That start like starts out like a game's actually huge. Yeah, like like next, uh, crypto next, kitties. Yeah, the next big thing will start out looking like a toy. Ooh, yeah, exactly. I love that, dude. That's such a like. Was, uh, it's not my line. It's uh, Chris Dixon's line. Okay. Yeah, and he and when I when I put that as a tagline of the fund, I didn't even know that Chris said it. And Chris is my anchor LP. So it's uh, that's clowning, yeah. but it's a good you definitely embrace that, you know. Yeah, you think like that, which is kind of yeah. cool. But and, with the, when you have what I was saying about them, like well, basically, when you have these institutional backers, they they're very they tend to be very ownership driven, so they want you to like lead deals for the most part and then own like get 20% and then or 15% or 10%, whatever your model is. And it's very kind of ownership focused. And then the fund size tend to be bigger and bigger because people need to deploy more and more money and then they end up taking more and more of the company. And then because you need to return a fund like that, how do you return a really big fund but you need really big exits and you need to own a good portion of those exits. And mm. none of this is really, really matters for the smaller funds. So it's a lot of the advice for smaller funds ends up getting applied from what you see in big funds, but it's actually just a lot of it is less material. So for a small fund, you'd never invest uh, purely hypothetical examples, of course. You would never invest like 100K at an $80 million valuation because it's such a small, you also, like I don't even, I mean, I do those, but I don't even calculate the ownership of the company. It's more like, do I like this company? Do I want to be part of it? Do, um, 
100k, maybe. But it, but if it, but if I can, I can only get 100k, that's fine too, because I think that's gonna be worth it, and then more, and then or more to the point actually maybe uh, maybe 100k isn't interesting. But basically, if, if you're investing 100k at 80, and then that becomes like you know a multi-billion-dollar company, which is what everyone's going for anyway. <laughs> in, in this yeah, if you're not going um, for that, it's like bro, get it. <laughs> then that that is a very substantial return on on the fund. Um, yeah, 80 seems very cheap when you're going for like so it's not. Um, let alone if you're putting like a only a hundred k, quote unquote, uh, at um at a ten at a ten million valuation. Maybe your model says you need to do two or three hundred k to make it work. But if you got a hundred k at ten, and that thing gets well valued at two billion, like <laughs> that, that's a, in, or more, that that returns a very substantial portion of the fund. And that's assuming you're not even putting more money in between, because it, 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 it's more important to be in the, those companies, and then you, there's always opportunity to do more later, either from the fund or SPVs or, or it just, you just want to be in those deals, uh, kind of regardless of what the valuation is to be honest, even at hundreds of millions. Mm -hmm. Because again, the, if, when, if these things work, they can get really, really big. And then like a lot of people that got in at 400 million at Uber are very happy. So in 400 million just sounds like a very, like be, far beyond what a small fund would do or an angel investor would do. But yeah, and I think it's changing for good reason, which is this thing that like, yeah, as much as there is a little hype and the hype is increasing, I think the potential of what these companies can do in a record amount of time, it's like the four minute mile, like that seemed impossible, then it was defeated. Like startup going to a billion dollars in a month after created seems ridiculous until it does it. And then two billion is the new standard. And I think part of it's ridiculous, but part of it is like the hyper change. It's like the hyper change era. We're all connected, apps blow up instantly. Like there's a lot of truth to the amount of value that can get created in such a short time. And so, like venture capital is a really kind of new asset class, and I think if you yeah, don't give it credit for how much it's grown and like emerged. Well, it's growing. Become... It's growing despite itself because the, the, <laughs> the people that started are, are the ones that are, those firms are very much. It's only now changing. The, the, the firms that every year there's like some new firms break, like uh, a break-in kind of thing. But it's really like the top firms stay the top firms because they end up attracting the top deals. Which is, and then everybody else gets everything else. So you just want to be able, like, with the top firms to see the top deals, and that's not that's not as true for like the um, for the smaller funds because those, because those firms need to lead deals, they need to lead a lot of deals, and become really really big. And there's only so many kind of firms that can handle like lead those rounds that founders end up going to. Versus smaller funds are more you see a lot more, and it's it's definitely getting more competitive, which is interesting. But but, you, but it's um, there's room for kind of everyone. Is because you just have to like me getting two or three hundred k is the same as Sequoia leading a deal. Well, often me getting a hundred k is the same as like from a fund deployment standpoint. Like as, yeah. as much of a fund as like a billion dollar fund. Yeah. So. And I love how it helps you kind of stay nimble. Like that's one of my favorite parts of like okay, I can just like I want to write this check. I don't care what type of deal it is. I don't care what size the company is. Like it's just if I want to be a part of it. Sometimes I just invest because I want to be homies with that founder. Or, I don't know. Like, there's, there yeah, could be a million reasons. That, like, and I love that nimbleness. Deals, yeah. And like, I feel like that's what you're kind of saying. Instead of being put in these, like, letting the tail wag the dog, a lot of the VC industry is like, it's almost like CNBC. Like, only like, there's only certain channels that are allowed to be there. And so it kind of, it kind of this oligopoly gets people lazy in terms of the value add. And so I think the internet has been breaking that mold. And a lot of the reasons why VCs make check deals the way they do, why they structure them, why they write the certain size, has to do with the economics of the way the fund's set up and those incentives yeah, right. and that's kind of all crumbling and I feel like shrugs at the forefront of that like how did you break in like I bet that's what everyone watching is wondering is like you've done the impossible which is like I guess you worked at like AngelList and like 
product hunt, I want to say. Yeah. So that kind of helps you get in the scene. But like, I don't know. I'm sure people would be like thinking about words if you had any like. Well, it started. Um, yeah, Th that definitely had to do with it because it was. Well, I'll start from the from the end because the the way I started was I've always wanted to invest and in, in never saw myself as someone like how would I raise I don't know money to invest I, how could I raise a fund. Yeah. Um, we launched this product and it was called called. Um, the the micro funds so like basically being administration services and, and like docs for all these small funds and I wrote the post that announced these funds but I never I didn't see it is for me because those funds are for um, experienced angel investors or executives or founders and I was like none of those so HU trivia was taking off and I wanted, I really wanted to invest in HU trivia because it was like the top thing and they just had more and more concurrent viewers every every night and it was the coolest thing. And then I ended up ended up working hard to get into the deal, which that was like really the hard part, honestly. I think getting into that deal was like a month of work with like just and they were and, the it company yeah, of yeah. that moment, like cracking this live viewership new model that nobody had seen. Like it was it was crazy. Yeah, and then around that time, I tweeted as a joke that if I ever raise a venture fund, I'm gonna call it uh, Shrug because of my tattoo. And, you already um, had the tattoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that also started as a joke. Like I tweeted, I was in Berlin like a year earlier, and I tweeted, um, it's decided I'm getting a tattoo, a tattoo of the Shrug emoticon when I not because I was by a factory follower. But I was like, it was a joke. That was a joke. I, was, I kept walking, and then got like a hundred likes in ten minutes, and I was like, fuck, I need to like, go back and get it now. So, bro, that's class. <laughs> yeah, and that that's made my career. This Twitter, made my, like, this wow. made my career basically. So honestly, like, so. It's, anyway, so the fun, I tweeted that as a joke, that if I ever raise fun, I'm going to call it Trug, and people kind of took me up on that, so a lot of, it was uh, not, yeah, so a lot of the people that became my first LPs were kind of like DM me, and like, hey, I'd back, back, back to fun. Of course, it was out of, not out of nowhere, because my, my, I, I worked with, I helped a lot of companies launch when it was a product hunt, and, and clearly, like, you know, you know, founders kind of reach, reach out. You to had Twitter, to too, right? Yeah. So I feel like people can tell that you were kind of a tastemaker, like yeah, yeah, seeing yeah, a lot yeah. of this stuff on Twitter, and that was in no, a that weird was my way job your resume. To, my job was to be a tastemaker. At Product Hunt, I was basically dude. This company is launching into your product, and then I was writing the newsletter and doing the Twitter for it. So, of course, like, Facebook launched something. Right where I wrote, Facebook launched something. Though, but it's um, but if, but I basically got to choose along with the team, of course, like the you know what what thing to put in front of people, and, I, and so that also was a really valuable skill because I knew how to communicate stuff over email. Which is like was ended up being a very important skill to like how to send deals, how to communicate why something's interesting. But the fact that people think that it's, it, whenever you send me deals, it's always like different. Some are good, but some are definitely good. But but it's uh, not the deals, like the, how how they're communicated. But it's um, people like say the metrics are up, or 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 the founder's amazing, best friend, or they take like some one point of thing, or or this idea makes sense because like they, they've, they've had like the waitlist is growing so it's it's not a where it's kind of like you need a full, full, full picture so it's like but well, what are they even doing okay but once i know what they're doing i don't care about that that's once i know kind of what they're doing okay like are they are the founders good so it's, you need to kind of say like in a very succinct way why why a full picture why something interesting to get someone to take a meeting or to yeah there's an art to the deal memo and kind of yeah. I, i've noticed that too like sometimes you it's very uninspired and like metric based and i don't really like that i really like the vision because no, that's what you're doing nothing, like no but each it needs everything it doesn't have to have everything but like if it's only about metrics and it's like i, I don't have I don't know well if you're concept. skimping on no traction data that's a red flag i feel like that but some, some stuff i don't know i guess i see what you're saying it's a balance of like you can't 
put it all in, but you can't, you need some sign that like this is blowing up and you need that hard data yeah. angle. That's particularly important for SPVs because with SPV, it's kind of, it's, you're often not introducing the people that you're getting into SPV to the founder directly, at least at the point when they're investing, maybe later. So, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky part. And sometimes like you need to get on a phone call if it's like larger checks and kind of get them to give the full picture and get them in. But often like ideally you kind of, you, you, it's a, it's a write up and it's not like a deal memo, kind of like, this is the team section and this is the the description section and this is the previous funding it's actually like a story that can include any of those things in any order the order is really important too because it's it needs to always build on itself to kind of get the full point across. yeah and that's see see i feel like now that i'm thinking about it, it's like yeah my real deal memo for like the first hyperwap deal for carta was the videos i've been doing on carta and so like yeah, that's, that's my way of doing like a roadshow or deal memo is like a video communication of like why I'm personally investing in it with that sort of mix of like a little bit of, you know, metrics, a little bit of vision, a little bit of like why I think Henry's so awesome, you know? Yeah, no, everyone has different styles too, so that's exactly. You know the Sequoia Scout thing that blew up? I feel like that in a business model is like, it's really advantageous for these bigger, more established funds and people who need to make like billions of alpha to make it worthwhile to partner with the people who need tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of alpha. And there's like a huge synergy there. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool that they're all on the same team in some way. Um, what do you think about the accredited investor laws changing? Isn't there a big change? I think that there, I know there's a definite change coming, and I think, what is it? Like, I don't want to butcher, but it's basically. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I asked you. And then you need to take a test. I don't know when it goes into effect, maybe you already went into effect, but, and don't call me on any of this. But basically, it's, I think it comes down to instead of just having it like you need to be rich to be able to invest like the um you can take some tests to show that you know and, and that you know what you're talking about yeah kind of like an exam to be a financial advisor and it's really cool that they're in that direction like it's things are opening up to make it more and more accessible and then you have like AngelList and carta like kind of building the software to potentially make all of these public companies tradable and like that's why I think honestly like this is kind of a golden era for VC if you can get in because there's this sort of artificial alpha of getting to play the game and then the second that you unlock it to the public to that 100x larger pool of people there's a huge alpha baked into the premium that's like what the IPO yeah. is and so but that alpha is slowly deteriorating as technology solutions make it easier to do secondaries make it easier to do this and so I feel like it's kind of all bubbling up, but it's hard for me to know. Like I was joking with the CEO of public. I'm like, you guys should get bought by Carta and then you should merge and buy Hypercharts and like have this big thing where people can buy like private companies, public companies, they can buy any company. They have raw financial data on all those companies to do their own analysis. And like truly that liquidity is everywhere. You know, it's, so it feels like, I don't know what it'll look like, but it feels like we're in, like we're moving that direction. Yeah. A good example is like imagine SpaceX or Robin was very own shares so we're kind of like just all those like hot private companies if imagine those are listed on Robinhood. Dude, that would be so cool. The price of those shares And like you could buy it. Will go up and it's like bro, Robinhood or public, like figure it out to make it a secondary market where you're charging a huge premium and carry and people will still do it. And there's a ton of money to be made. Like essentially getting the the SPV business going from this boutique one-off relationship thing, which it is now, to more of a digital platform thing, which is kind of what Carta X is, which is why I'm so pumped on it, but um, I don't know. But I, my point with all that was saying, like, I love the timing of Shrub. 
because I think you're investing in all these really cool things that are really early that frankly other people would be like really desperate to invest in but can't I don't know That's clowning. Um, yeah. No, but the SPPs like make it accessible to allow people to invest in these things that wouldn't have gotten access, but then they pay back or with certain people that you know that can give them access. It may not be the first round, but yeah. Yeah, no, I gotta give you so much credit for that because you bug me too for a lot of deals. You're like, dude, you can even put in like a thousand bucks on AngelList, and like um, I've done that for a couple of deals, and it's so awesome. Or like five grand. Like for me, just getting started, like I had I'm no glad money. You, I'm glad you put five. You know. Five. That was I did, yeah, and that was awesome. And like you told me to put more, so <laughs> I was just broke. But that's the fact that like you can even play the game. And I look at it as like, okay, I'm probably gonna lose all this money, but even just like wiring a couple grand through AngelList, seeing the flow of like this is how it works. Here's like the just AngelList what they do for the education of like here's the carry, here's this, here's why we pay that, here's the deal memo. Um, it's so cool, honestly. I feel like AngelList. And Carta to me are like really scratching. I feel like they too. If you tried, um, have you tried like other alternative stuff like let's say Rally Road? Oh, I love Rally Road, um, the concept, but they're doing like cars. Have they moved into other stuff? Yeah, they're kind of like so, StockX, but for so, cars, right? I, I knew, I knew of them like personally when, when they did cars, and it was like, oh, cool. Should have done it. <laughs> didn't didn't really pursue it, but it's uh, but now it's like way cooler. So it's, it's like cars and wine and like I buy like um like fifty thousand dollar like Michael Jordan cars that I'm not gonna afford myself, but I can buy like a, a small part of it. So it's, they're doing they're really taking public sports. sports. Bro, it's an actual IPO though. Like you're saying. Like yeah. Yeah. Okay, I love what you're saying. I didn't want to interrupt, but this is like the idea we're hitting on is the liquidity tidal wave that's occurring for all micro assets, whether it's companies, startups, collectible trading cards. That's why I bought like five pairs of collectible SB sneakers because yeah. I think the liquidity for those from StockX exactly. and Valley so, Road. So, like, so you don't even need to you, you don't even need to get the thing in the mail. Like it's just it's. Like, oh yeah. So it's I mean because that's not when you're buying it. It's actually more risk if you're buying it. If, if you're like getting delivered, it's more like just having the- I don't want to hold it and have that liability. Yeah. I'm gonna say, I made a moonshot Monday about yeah. this uh, theoretical company called Vault that stores all your collectibles and can do, create, <laughs> so, re-tokenize so them as NFTs. Okay, yeah. And I'm like, dude, is this already well, exist? Well, I the hope. the first part, <laughs> after the tokenization, um, there's a company called Alt, that, that, that Vault, Alt? that has a Vault, and it's, it's basically like you store all your like, you know, really expensive, you know, like art or, or a Tesla cards. tequila, short shorts, flamethrowers. So not, not quite there yet, but that's, yes, they should, they should okay. start tequila. But right now they're storing like art and like really expensive, like, you know, like, you know, the $3 million like LeBron card, you know, do you want to keep that at your house? That's, you can't get insurance on that. You can't, there's people that are worth like hundreds of million dollars, like off of Pokemon cards or, or trading cards, yeah. because that's your thing. And it's a liability so to hold it. It's a liability to hold it. You can't insure it. You can't take a loan against it, but it's like an asset. So, bro, this is huge. And then once more startups like this get easier, it all contributes to like the flywheel of the liquidity tidal wave that's occurring for these assets, which is so cool. Like yeah. all art. So all launch an exchange, in there, which, which, which is uh, really cool. So before when I used to buy Pokemon cards, I remember recently getting Pokemon cards. Not that into it, but I, I bought it off eBay, and then you have to like, you know, are, are they trustworthy? Is this a fair price? So all. <laughs> Um, does it come? Did it not come? Oh, and, and also I don't want it to come because it's more of an asset than like the, than something I need to look at per se. So yeah, all at launch an exchange where they all this stuff that they're just holding in their vault. If you want to sell it, you can actually sell it, and then and it's very trustworthy. And you don't, have, you, know, you can get it delivered if you want, but the point is just to keep it in the vault so you don't have to check it out or anything. And and they show you like the price and and, and um, yeah, big fan. A lot of it was 
it's such a revelation like buying stuff on the exchange rather than like eBay because it's just ultimate just trust versus needing to like it's kind of like buying a car from Tesla versus going to, to a dealership and you feel like you're getting screwed or potential or maybe maybe you are maybe you're not but it's you just trust Tesla so yep it made it more like that dude I, I really want to get in touch with this company like the fact that I think it's gonna seem insane that like this the way the sneaker game worked like I, I've done so many like botched sneaker sales in the past where it's like you meet up with a guy on Craigslist like are they legit it's like me and my friends are in high school it's some like older you know mid-20s 30s guy who like sells us these Jordan 11s and like we all kind of know they're fake and it's too cheap but like we don't want to speak up because it's like <laughs> we're not telling our parents we're in some random park with some stranger like selling us shoes so it's like it was so sketchy and ridiculous and then even like trusting someone on ebay like are these legit there's like a forum on iss that i used to do on like the sneaker forum where you would post it's called legit check and they would like all the experts would chime in on your pictures of your shoes and be like that's a legit pair that's yeah, not yeah. and so that's just going to seem so barbaric so and then, market, the fact that's that, what ebay sells like that's what ironically and that's what ebay sold in the beginning like, yeah you have a marketplace and you have a ratings and review systems and it's and and the fact that the liquidity like hasn't been built into that system yet yet it's already a multi-billion dollar market um is huge like like i think sneakers are like a multi like reselling just jordans i think is like a multi-billions of dollars market before this technology exists so you add this technology i think we're into tens hundreds of billions arts 1.7 trillion and i lump this like things that people don't think of as art but are actually culturally more relevant than paintings these days sneakers tesla tequila pokemon cards nfts like that's going to go to which that's going to be a trillion dollar asset class along with like classical art you know yeah are you are you planning to use pipe for your subscription subscription uh, the patrons um and then get the cash up front yes I don't know, honestly, because I like not being able to spend all my money because I'm really weird like that. But you can make more money if you have the money up front. Honestly, my, the CAGR of my portfolio is savage. So if I just got it up front and did it in the... Tesla. Yeah, Tesla or like, I mean, Unisocks. You can buy more Teslas. Little Unisocks, little ETH, yeah. Cybertruck, RoboTaxi, you know. If you thought the IRR of, is off the charts. Have you thought of buying a fleet of Teslas and just letting them appreciate it? Um, actually, I know people who are doing that, so right. I didn't do it. But yeah, I've and I'm yeah. There's a yeah. I think that's a dope idea, and I think there's a lot of businesses on top of Tesla, like the Tesla RV, that like Tesla won't quite do that will become multi-billion-dollar companies. Like, although I don't know, like I always love. It's kind of like. I feel I see a lot of people trying to play the Tesla thing by like investing in lithium or like investing in this parts supplier and it just reminded me of like when people would try to invest in the chip maker for Apple and it's just like just buy Apple dude like all the value accrues to these market leaders and winners in a weird way well, I think that it's interesting what you said brand. about Tesla that you know what is it what's the market cap now like half a trillion or something like uh like six or seven hundred billion yeah oh, it's pretty insane so like Apple really and Amazon have really put and Microsoft <laughs> that's it that's it though really pushed it to the one trillion mark but you said that Tesla could be a multi-trillion dollar company yeah I think Tesla's going to 10 trillion 10 and that's, trillion. that's with energy that's, that's not even a real taxi. number it's not even a real number it's not even a real number no it sounds ridiculous but I actually think there's a hack because everything's going to be worth multi-trillions and that's kind of like a you know inflation but um I don't know what do you think I'm do you think I'm crazy with the 10 trill I mean look at this drive myself and I don't know. I don't know, dude. I've, I've definitely drank the Elon Musk Kool-Aid, but like... What's it like meeting Elon? Um, 
really rattling at first and especially even more rattling when you realize he's just a super chill nice person and then you're like even more rattled in some way but yeah I don't know I think Elon was so dope in person like just so cool I, just like friendly like super thoughtful dude like and I think it is kind of like he's super nerdy and it kind of goes overlooking like okay you're analyzing CEOs like that's kind of what we do right we're investing in companies we're constantly reading and analyzing CEOs and like the two things I want are like authenticity and transparency and honesty like just being straight up with me Elon is so straight up that's why he's wrong a lot of the times because he just tells you what he thinks is going to happen honestly and he's wrong but I love that transparency and um and the other thing is just like are I mean are they smart obviously that's a thing but like the degree of detail that Elon knows about his businesses and it just you don't really appreciate it till you watch him talk and really ask him like the most random shit that I want to know about you know what I mean like I'm like dude like he runs three companies with a hundred thousand employees and like I'm asking about the octo valve heat pump on the new model Y that I got and it's like you know and then bam he's got and it's just like he knows it down to the t and it's like also kind of hinting that this technology could be used to transform the air in our homes and like the smart ac you're just like you talked about that with rogan too yeah he talked about that with rogan and i was thinking of yeah it's dude when he let that slip on joe rogan i have like been obsessed with that and it's it's as much as it's smart heating and cooling the filtration of our air that's like what do you believe that no one else believes i believe that the air we breathe sucks because of cars because of pollution because we have vents that have dust in them that we never clean that aren't designed to be cleaned and it's really easy and cheap to put a hospital grade filter in all of our air systems filter our air super clean have it hooked up to a smart ac and solve this multi-hundred billion dollar problem we don't even realize we have which is breathing shitty air and also it's like and energy consumption yeah and then the energy consumption goes down of heating and cooling which is like brings the stress of you know so what do you think they're gonna launch like it's not like an ac is an ac unit it's, it's something like very much broader it could be an ac unit a retrofit but i don't think that is it i think it's a bigger and this honestly i'm kind of curious what your take is on this like the tesla home i feel like i keep thinking like if we're gonna do the roof, if you're gonna have Starlink on the roof, if you're gonna have the power wall, if you're gonna have to rig the electronics, if we're gonna have to put vents in every room, if I'm gonna have to put the filters in all the vents, like. Do you think they're just gonna sell houses? Teslas just should build the whole house in a whole city, is I think the end game of like <laughs> where that goes. That's, okay, and they have the best engineers in the to, world. That's how you get the 10 trillion. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dude, we answered it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where are they going to build the houses? Not in San Francisco. You can't build the houses in San Francisco. Honestly, Starbase, Texas. Like, Elon's gutsy, dude. That's why I kind of love He's Elon. He's just like, Texas. bro, this little town in Texas, I'm pouring in, like, 20 mil into their school district and, like, making it the dopest place to be. And, like, it's so cool how he manifests what he wants. Is that where he his wants. kids are going to school? I don't know. But I think it's where he wants to live or spend a lot of time because, like, that's where this boat could, I think they're, like, starship testing is. And honestly, you know who got me on this was Ross Gerber. He was trying to give me like some life advice yesterday about how like, you know, when you're my age, like you don't have that much, many moves left. Like you're not thinking about the future. It's like, this is my time now. What can I do now? Like, I don't have time to waste. And I, he was saying how Elon's in that kind of mindset of like, this is it. Like if we're going to Mars, this is happening now. Like we need to test Starship. Like there's no time. Like this needs, like, so it's kind of- How many more tries do you think it's gonna take Um. I don't know, dude, honestly, I'm such a SpaceX noob, like, I don't want to pretend to know about it. Um, I don't know, what do you, have, do you, have you been following the rocket launches much? 
Just the first crash. <laughs> the first crash. It's really cool. I love the saying that like every uh, rocket that blows up gets us closer to Mars because they like learn. I love that. Um, yeah, they should. They should test as much as it's needed. Uh, yeah, like, should, I'm like, dude, should, let's get all the blow-ups out of the way before I ride. Because <laughs> they've crashed so little rockets, actually, relatively, from all the other like, yeah. rockets. In the whole, like... I went to the... The first time they landed on the drone ship, um, I, I was in Kennedy for that. Dude, yeah, wait, like, so you saw that? Land, they didn't land in Kennedy. They didn't know shit. But it was... Uh, but then I was in Kennedy another time where they landed, like, next... You saw a landing, and you can, like, hear two uh, sonic booms. It was really cool. What was that like in person? It was, well, the first one was like everyone, we were all cheering. It was like because it, it was the first time they actually done it. it was, and then I saw Elon at the press conference, and it was too scary to go say hi. But yeah, it was it was really cool. So. Bro, that sounds so magical. I really need to go to a rocket launch. I feel like that'll put it in context because you know how he always says so CGI loud. It's RRL. So loud. You like, can't even imagine. Like, oh, it's like, loud. It's like a roaring. You, you have to go down. Dude, that's why I don't get the whole like starship. You like, can do it though, because um, I went. I went when I was a program, so I, I could like document. It was like media kind of thing, so I could like document. And I was like periscoping and stuff like that. But it was um, was it? But no, I think I, I think it was media kind of thing. One of the two. But the but you act, you were actually like valid. Like you should, you're gonna go document it. it you should apply. I can send you. I can find the website. You can like apply. It's pretty straightforward. Dude, that that kind of gets me on another scheme of like Elon's. Uh, or you could email Elon, right? I, I forgot that's the other option. So it's, <laughs> Dude, his his brand, bro, like, I think it's so underappreciated. He just passed LeBron James on Twitter. And, like, everything, like, there's no marketing for SpaceX. But, like, you're going with press photos, putting in all this work to make content, to tell the story. Like, that's what I do on my channel. Like, not paid just because I love it. Like, there's such a, like, grassroots word-of-mouth component as Elon Musk being the world's biggest influencer. And nobody, like... <laughs> Put some monetary yes. value on that, but it's yes. like, dude, the biggest influencer in humanity is sort of an X Factor arbitrage at winning, and you have the bit the best engineering teams, so you're making the best products that you have to sell. So it's just like this unbelievable arbitrage on market free marketing for everything Tesla and SpaceX does. On like, I don't know, it's, I, I just think it's so even, simple, even it's so just, obvious, but it's so underappreciated. Just like how Tesla makes. Yeah, the synergy between them and also both and, and everything you just said. But I was thinking like how the test is like just all the parts are saving so much money by just having them compatible across all basically all cars. Like there's very few car like parts are actually legit different. Yeah. Or, or let's just say they can reuse so many of the parts across the models. And the software and even like the doesn't the the new model that's have like this kind of screen? It's not the Yep, they transition to this, exactly. Because like it's it's because that's a pain for them to like to code one extra like you know, one but it is, it is though. Versus like Mercedes putting like some screen that's like across this, like why why would you even bother?